Welcome to the Marketplace Missionary Podcast. My name is Donna Swanepoel. I'm one of the co-hosts along with my good friend Kai Jeans. And today is a special episode. It's actually episode number two, so we're, we're making traction. Uh, but today's special because we're going to get to know one of the co-hosts a little bit better, which is Kai Jeans. Uh, Kai grew up in England, Arkansas. And after he graduated high school, he went to Arkansas State University in Jonesboro, where he graduated with a degree in agriculture, man, that's interesting. And then after he graduated from ASU, he went to work for the juggernaut Amazon. That's big time, man. So how did you end up with a degree in agriculture and then you ended up in Amazon, man? That's real interesting. Can you speak to that? Yeah, so I actually got reached out to by an Amazon recruiter. I'd worked on an agriculture project um, the year before for Anheuser-Busch. So kind of got my name out there a little bit with that project, just meeting with different stakeholders. And then a recruiter just reached out to me. He was like, hey, do you want to apply for Amazon? And I was like, ah, sure, I'll apply. Yeah. You got the job. Um, what 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 initially drew you to Amazon? Was just like, man, this is a job. It's my first job. I'll go get it. Or was it like, man, I can truly make a career out of Amazon? It was definitely just like, this is my first job. Okay. Like, at, at first I was like, I'll just... Because it's in Little Rock, so, I mean, we, we're both in Little Rock now, just for the audience. But I didn't want to live in Little Rock. It was never my desire to come down here. Um, I really wanted to live in Jonesboro with, <laughs> with all my buddies and stuff. So, I was like, oh, I'll go down and work for Amazon for a year, come back up to Jonesboro. And um, as you can tell, that's not what has transpired right, since. Right. Um, I really enjoy Little Rock now, just a huge heart for the town and the people here. So, that's kind of the transition. That's awesome. Kind of tell us a little bit about your role and then your day-to-day at Amazon because when I think of Amazon, man, all I all I think about is getting these boxes with a smile on. And so surely there's a lot of systems and processes that goes into getting those items or those goods into that box and then getting that box in front of my door. So kind of walk us through what you do in your kind of role. So I am in operations management. So I'm an area manager at it's not a territory manager like citywide, but it's uh, I'm over a department in the building, and I, I've had a few different departments since I started. So I've fluctuated from you know forty associates under me to a hundred, mm. and then filling in for the role above me at you know two hundred, two fifty associates under me at a day. So and just really planning that out, um, you know how many boxes we're going to ship. They tell us how many, how we're going to get it done driving efficiency. That's what I did for a majority of my time. Um, as you know, lately, my schedule's been, I mean, all over the place. Right. So a day, it's hard to explain the day-to-day um, unless you work for Amazon. Every day is day one. That's what we say. And that's really what it's been for the last, like, three months. Um, spent a month in Lafayette, down in Louisiana, you know, came back. To, I've had, like, ten different schedules mm-hmm. for the week since then. So it's been really good, uh, challenging. Right. Um, but usually I'll come in, get get an assignment from my boss, and she'll just let me know, like, hey, I want you to work on this project. I want you to help run shift. And, and that's really what we go with. It's I don't, I don't want to say by ear because right. it's a little bit more planned out than that, but that's kind of the easiest way to explain it um, to the audience of, like, kind of what I do. So you've been at Amazon for how long now? Uh, a year and a half, so, like, right at 18 months. I'll hit 18 months at the 18 end, months. end of November. That's not, that's not very long in terms of – you know, a tenure, I mean, how old are you? 23? Yeah, 23. That's cool, man. So talk to me a little bit about how have you, how have you grown 
personally as well as professionally through this job over the past 18 months? Because I know my first job out of college was not what I was expecting, but I learned and grew a ton from that. So kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah, for me, I'll start with the business sector a lot. In agriculture, and people that are in ag will understand what I mean. Like It's, it's very tenure-based. So you gain promotions and you kind of gain your net worth in business through how long you've been doing it. Mm. And Amazon's just not like that. Like they throw you into the fire and they're like, hey, you're in charge of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like go get it. And, um, you know, that was really interesting to be in charge of my own department at such a young age. And navigating that was, I mean, it was, it was scary at first, honestly. Like I don't really say that a lot because uh, I did well at the start. But it was different, um, you know, being in charge. And, you know, I think it, I was telling someone the other day, like, it was like six months in. I was like, I, I'm actually in charge. Like, <laughs> So you were you were 22 years old and you're essentially put in charge of other people. So that's a, that's really leads me to kind of my next question is, how would you personally define your leadership style? And then how does that play out day to day at Amazon? Yeah, so my leadership style, as I say all the time to the guys in the devotion group and all that, um, man, I just try to exemplify Christ. Jesus was a leader, and I try to lead like Jesus. Like, that is the staple point of my life in business, um, lead like Jesus. So really just studying Jesus' ways and, like, applying that to my life and being like, okay, you know, Jesus had grace, but he was also, you know, he does have standards. Right. Um, you know, applying both those in the workplaces offered me a good balance, um, clearly working on it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm never going to be as good as a leader as Jesus. But, um, you know, that's the goal, to just be as, as close to Jesus as I can lead. So it sounds like, you know, your relationship with Jesus obviously crucial into your leadership style and how that plays out day to day at work. Kind of, did you always have a relationship with Jesus, or was that something in college that developed? Kind of speak to speak to that. Yeah, so I, I've always known about Jesus, and I think if you ever asked me, is Jesus real? I've been like, yeah. Like, there was never, like, that type of doubt in my mind. It just wasn't cool to follow Jesus. So I grew up in the church. Um, I didn't come to Christ until I was, like, 20. I had a false tradition of faith as a young kid, and I was thinking about this morning. Probably. Especially in the south of Arkansas, yeah. right? You essentially assume everyone's a Christian, and so were you kind of, did you fall under that same oh, bucket? 100%. Yeah. I would have to- straight up told you I was a Christian, and then I've gone to the liquor store and went to a party that night. Like, that was kind of like what my life was. Like, you know, I didn't really go to church a lot, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. So you kind of like, you kind of professed it, but your, your life didn't reflect that at all it was just Mm -hmm. almost like uh christianity this christian walk thing is almost like an accessory that you put on and you took off however you pleased yeah i i just didn't want to go to hell like that that's all it was like i remember the sermon where i had my false profession of faith it was Mm -hmm. like hey you know come to christ or go to hell like fire and brimstone i was like yeah that's easy And then just no life change. Doesn't sound like a fun place to go to, right? Yeah, and I was like, oh, (laughs) just say I love Jesus, and and that's it. And that was, I don't even know how old I was. I mean, I wasn't, you know, 16, 17, 18. I was younger than that. Um, And then, 
you know, it was just I, I was still partying in college and stuff. Kind of the star. I had everything the world said I needed and wanted. You know, I, I had the nice truck. I had a, always had a job during school that was good. Didn't have to study a lot in school in the fraternity. I had everything at 19, 20 years old that you could even want. And then, man, just... So there wasn't really a real need for Jesus. I mean, you, you're getting the good grades. You were, I'm sure you had some uh, some go- girlfriends and kind of all of that, you know, uh, work, job, uh, truck. And so there wasn't really a need for Jesus. So what kind of brought you to that point of realizing that you need Jesus? Yeah, so, I mean, I got saved, like, at Arkansas State, like, just driving around campus one day and... It was after a party one night, man, and it, I was just at a low. I was like, dude, there's, there's got to be more than this. Um, you know, I kind of felt like, I don't know, it, I was never like a down guy. I'm still not, like always up, but this day I just, I was like, man, this is it. Like, I was like, what is going on? You know, I'm, I'm sitting here partying. I was like, there's nothing really more to life right now than this. I was like, there's got to be something more. Um, and just kind of, I just remember I was at the four way and I was like, you know, Lord, just bring me through this. Like, it just, it's gotta be better than this right now. Um, so you almost in a sense, you felt like, man, there has to be more to life than what I'm doing right now. Day to day you felt almost felt like you were, you were, you were empty. There was, you had a void and then you didn't know exactly what it was that was missing. Yeah, 100%. And I remember thinking, I was like, when I'm 50, like, what's going to change between now mm-hmm. at 20 and 50? If this is what it is and this is all it is, and I was like, oh, like, what am I on the planet for? I was like, there's literally got to be something else. So uh, I was like, Lord, just bring me through this. And, you know, then I, I I'm not going to say it was a perfect walk at all. Um, but, like, for the remainder of the year, you know, just spending a lot of time like figuring it out, um, thinking about it, you know, going going to a Bible study actually, and you know, reading my Bible, and I knew a bunch of the answers in my head. Like, yeah, the Lord died for me and rose again, but I don't think the weight of mm-hmm. actually what that was sunk in. And then I was at a New Year's conference in uh, Chattanooga, and I, I remember thinking, like, you know, this. This makes a lot of sense, and I was like, I, I don't really know if I'm following or not right now. But like, I could, I was like, re- I'd say I was on the fence then, and you know, I was still struggling. I was living in the fraternity house, and I was like, I don't know if I can give up, you know, like my entire life. Like, what, what is this gonna look like? And one of my roommates at this conference, he looks at me and he's like, Oh, you know, you can like, like you don't have to drop the fraternity, and you don't have to quit like, doing everything you're doing, but you can follow Jesus and have, like, a life still. Like, mm. it was the first time I heard, like, you can be cool, I'm putting that in right. air quotes, um, and be a Christian. Like, because up to then, I was like, Christians are just weirdos that don't do anything. So that was really crucial in my life, and I was like, okay, I'm in. And, and right there, man, and, you know, I, I can take you back to exactly where it was, and it, it literally, in my brain, it looked like, there was someone like leaving my body. Like it's very hard to explain, but uh, yeah, that's that's the testimony right there. 
That's incredible, man. So came to faith within college. Did you kind of did you know what that transition will look like for you as a believer going from college to kind of the business world? I guess what I'm what I'm getting after is did you have the practical tools to know what it looks like to live out your faith in the real world, in the business world? If so, how did that look like or was there a lack thereof? For for me, and it goes back to what we said in episode one, right? It was just two different sectors. I knew I had to have them both. And and that's why I got a love for this podcast because it's one thing at the end of the day. Um, but when I graduated, luckily I do have, I, I had seen some people in business that were Christian, but like I didn't get to spend time with them in business, right? Um, but I got to spend time with them at church. And it was just kind of being unashamed to be a Christian. Like, you know, just, it's okay. To, it's literally okay to say you're a Christian. Like, I I know that we're getting into this period where it feels like you can't just say you're a Christian, especially in the workplace. Yeah, living in this postmodern culture where mm-hmm. we have moved away from a Christian foundation to now where truth has almost become subjective. Um, and so you really felt like, man, I just, I just need to, stand on the foundation of truth and live out who I am and not to, not to be or pretend to be somebody that I'm not, but just living that out day to day. Is that is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, 100%. I was just like, if nothing else, just go in and just be like, I'm a Christian. Like, that's all I knew when I started. And, um, you know, I, I did drink a lot in college. I don't drink now. I may have a beer or two every three, four months now. But, like, I was just like, just go in there. You know, don't go back to drinking a lot with the coworkers and stuff. That's That was kind of my biggest fear, I'd say. You know, like, hey, you want to go hit the bars right. after work? Um, just because, I mean, that's what the world makes it seem like. You know, yeah. you go to work and then go hit the bars after. And I was like, if nothing else, just don't do that. It was a bunch of don't do's <clears throat> for me when I started. And then just, you know, met with you, met with Bill Reed, another guy we'll have on the podcast. Um, I so, was like, so your desires kind of change. I mean, sound like... You used to somewhat at some point enjoy, you know, getting intoxicated like most college students, right? But now you're like, man, I'm okay with just one or two beers because I want to be different in the world. It also sounds like your desires change as it related to your fraternity friends and now also your coworkers. It seems like now you have the desire to share this good news that you have received with them. Can I kind of talk to us about that that heart change and desire, and now you having this desire to share the goodness of Jesus with others at work, uh, also other places. Yes, yeah, so, I mean that's the testimony right there, right? Ephesians, uh, Ephesians two. Um, you know, after I came to Christ in college, was it perfect? After no, but I was like, okay, I don't need to be drinking, I don't need to be hanging out with ungodly women, right? Like in or subjectifying women like that, I was like, you know, it's okay to, like, love your friends and love, like, acquaintances. And that was kind of a big, big change in my heart. It was all about me before I came to Christ. Right. And then through college. So I was in college two years after I got got saved by by the Lord. And, I mean, when I say I was the star of the show, like, I was drinking a lot. At those parties, I mean that was that was the goal. It was a competition to me, right? And you know, I'm I'm competitive, competitive guy. Both of us <laughs> are very competitive, and we'll unpack that at some point, I'm sure. 
Yeah, so I there that's all the drinking was. It was a it was a straight up It's just stat. a game. I yeah. mean, yeah. It's just like I'm not gonna let this guy drink me and yeah. so let I, me let me show him what I got. Yeah, so then, you know, uh and I, I'll share this really quick. So I came to Christ and then we had like our uh fraternity elections. Mm. And the reason I didn't get president is because they were worried that I was going to drink too much. Like, that was one of the big wow. topics. They were like, oh, we don't know if guy can control himself drinking. Like, that's that's the level so I So they at. essentially wanted to protect the fraternity, and they don't want to put you in that position because they felt there might be some liability if you're in that number one role. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's, and our, that's our, sobering. Yeah, and I, got, I remember they asked me. Yeah. So, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, presenting my spiel, and they're like, do you think you can control yourself from drinking at a party. And I was like, oh, I'm done drinking. Mm. And, like, for me, like, I just meant it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done. Like, I'm not blacking out like that. Uh, that's not the goal. Um, and everyone kind of looked at me and was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. Uh, did they believe me? Absolutely not. Uh, it wasn't time for them to believe me, I'd say. But, you know, through, you know, denying that over the years, like, people could tell a change um, right. after. I mean, got to see one of my fraternity buddies come to Christ. Uh that's after awesome. that, so that that's kind of the transition in the college world. So, how long have you been in a relationship with the Lord? Is it would you say about is it three four years now? Yeah, it's. it's I mean, I can do the math, but it's like three and four years. Okay. Um, so, what does a day to day look like for you, and how do you grow in your relationship with the Lord? Kind of give us those practical uh, moments where you know you. What does your time with the Lord look like? What does your prayer life look like? What does your reading look like? Kind of give us just a practical insight into just your personal life with the Lord. Yeah, so I, I am a morning riser. Um, I like to get a lot of work done in the morning before work, wake up at 4 a.m. Um, and I have this, it's a Proverbs book by Tim Keller, Navigating uh, Wisdom. So I, I try to read one of those a day. Am I perfect about it? Again, no. Right. But... I only work four days a week, so that my work schedule it's you know it's ten eleven hour days. Um, so on my three days off, like that's kind of where I get all like I, I call them study days. Um, you know I'll study business, but more than anything, like I'll I'll read uh, books. Um, I really like to read. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Mm. But like I was telling you today, you know reading um, the leadership style of Jesus, mm. and reading those books is kind of like where I grow closer to God. You know reading the Bible and then identifying distinct things about the Lord to pull into life. And then right now, I mean, you know, my schedule's packed. I got downline, which is a basically a seminary class. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. I got young adult night from fellowship over here in West Little Rock. Uh, that's on Tuesdays. And then I have our D group on Thursdays. Um, and when we say D group, it's just a small group of men getting together, studying scripture, having discussions about it. Right now, our uh, small group, we've been going through uh, an apologetics book on how to defend the faith. And so we're actually about to wrap up that book. But if you can, kind of just give some three practical steps on how you can help those listening in how they can grow in their relationship with the Lord. Kind of three or four practical ways that have helped you grow in your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely like a lot, for me, alone time, like it's really easy for me to get tied up in some things. Busyness of life, right? Yeah, you know, I, so that alone time to kind of reset is good. Um, but then, like, just filling my schedule up, you know, idle hands are the devil's work. I mean, that is, if that verse 
is written for one person on the planet, it's me. Like, <laughs> I'm doing great when we're busy, but yeah. if I'm bored, oh, I'm about to find some trouble, and right. undoubtedly. So I try to fill my schedule up, and that's why I have so much stuff going on with the Lord. Um, so that's kind of the personal life. So you, when you say fill up your schedule, you're filling up your schedule with things like fellowship with other believers, uh, Bible studies. Uh, you know, Downline is an incredible ministry. Uh, Downline is filling up your time with, with worshiping the Lord, studying scripture, uh, almost like a crash course into seminary. Mm-hmm. And so that's, those are kind of the things that you're filling up your schedule with that can help you grow um, as a believer. Yeah. And then in the business world, you know, I, I, two things. Show up on time, lead like Jesus. And those two things have just been crucial. One, if 90% of the battles are just showing up. Right. Like, and with the current workforce, right, there's not a whole lot of people actually <laughs> showing up for work. And so yeah. that's basics. That's one-on-one work, right? Show up in time. And so when you say lead, lead like Jesus, kind of what does that look like? So there, there's a bunch of different stuff, and we'll spend a few minutes here because I, I love this. And there's it depends on who you're talking to. Right. And that's why I, I love this. Like, it's, again, my call tag in work. So if I'm talking to another manager, you know, that conversation is, like, let's say you're another manager. Hey, Donnie, you know, I think if we engage our employees like this mm-hmm. and, you know, walk through, you know, the Lord has grace, and he also has – I don't want to call them rules, but, you know. Like yeah, they're standards, guidelines, expectations. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it, especially in the sin aspect, I, I like to use sin to uh, describe, like, when associate, like, mess, messes up. That's that's a good, so when you, when you say sin, I think for most Christians, you know, we kind of know what that means, but... How would you how would you define sin to somebody at Amazon in just a practical, uh, non biblical matter? Kind of how how would you define that? I would just say anything that does not is not inherently good. Mm. Like if I'm just someone off the street, never heard anything on the on the Bible. Anything that is un or anything that is not good in general. Like so, if by the Bible standard. So for like an illustration standpoint, if if I'm shooting an arrow at a target and the bullseye is perfection, sin is essentially anything else outside of the bullseye, outside of perfection. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that's 100% right. So I'll use like, let's say an associate, you know, has a miss, like a quality miss. They say something's not there, it's there. You know, just a defect happens every day. Like that. that's a good sin analogy to bring it in from a manager level and it's like you know and then to teach that manager you know I had a lot of time to spread this word when I was down in Louisiana right and I, I just this is kind of where I kind of crafted this aspect of it up because I'd never you know manager to manager training like that and I was talking to a uh, area manager down there I'm like look I lead like Jesus and it was like a little giggle at first you know right. what I mean but it's like no like let's unpack it like let's yeah let's talk through it and this is kind of how it went you know an associate has a defect. I don't dislike the associate. I still love that associate. I do not like that they just messed up. Right. I don't like the defect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like bringing that into an aspect of that's how the Lord looks at me. You know, the Lord loves me. If if I go sin, the Lord still loves me. He doesn't love my actions. Right. And that's just a really 
cool transition in the workplace for me from a manager to manager level to explain that and break it down. I think it makes a lot of sense, too, um, to a bunch of managers that don't really understand the Lord because you put it in, in their context. And then from just, like, my employee side, um, the people that work for me, man, I've told you this multiple times, and I, I love it even more every time I say it. You know, when I started, I just started telling my associates I love them. I was like, hey, I love y'all. And uh, <laughs> it just kind of caught on. And, right. like, now, like, I feel weird if I don't tell them. So it's, it's actually showing a sincere care and appreciation for mm-hmm. them because – I think that's one thing our culture is missing today is just uh, a, a love and a care for other people. I mean, so it's almost countercultural when you engage them with work and then you engage them with these uh, words and actions and they're like, who is this guy and why is he so different? Yeah. And I'm sure that gives you the platform to then speak truth into their lives. Oh, 100%. It's... I'm not going to say it's easy because it, it never is when you're sharing the gospel, honestly. Um, unless someone's like, hey, I want to hear about the gospel. Explain it, which I, I've yet to have that. <laughs> have <laughs> yeah, same here, man. That's, yeah. So, But like a bunch of the associates <clears throat> excuse me, will be like, you don't love us. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, I do. <clears throat> excuse me. We're good. Um, so it's like the associates will be like, you don't, you don't really love us. You just say that. And I'm like, no, I really love y'all. Yeah. And this is why. Yeah. Like, and just not being ashamed about it. Like, I love much because the Lord loves me much. He's forgiven me much. I can forgive much. Um, and, you know, like, it doesn't have to be weird. Like, I'm not sitting there with my King James Bible right. just You know, preaching. beating them beating them over the head with your Bible and then telling them to either turn or burn. You know, that's not, that's not how we roll. Um, that's interesting, man. So... Kind of talk to us about the results that that you've had with some of these team members, or as you call them, associates. Yeah, for me, honestly, I just feel like the seed planter a lot. Um, hadn't seen anybody in my workplace come to Christ, but like I just want to plant seeds everywhere. I mean, we got fourteen hundred associates in the building. I, That's I, a lot of people. Yeah, it is. I, I'm there to plant seeds more than anything. Um, but I, I've seen you know, a bunch of interest in that. Like, even just wondering, like, why I think the way I do and me just being like, because I'm a Christian, you know. Right. And um, it's really good just in my mind to plant those seeds. I want someone to come, you know, if it's not, I don't care if someone, well, I I want them to get saved as soon as possible, right? But if someone gets saved 50 years from now Mm. because they thought about something I said today, that that's glorifying to the Lord. It goes back to you know I think Luke chapter fifteen where uh, you really see the value of the one you know the prodigal son, uh, the lost coin, and there was another uh, the lost sheep. And so I'm, as you were were saying that, I was reminded of that chapter and just how much God values the one, and therefore the one should matter to us, and we should value the one, and so. Um, it really sounds like you're approaching uh, servant leadership from the perspective of pursuing the one by intentionally caring for them and appreciating them. And then once that has kind of been established, that trust and respect, then there's a relationship. And then through that relationship, you have now earned your way to kind of speak truth into their lives, uh, not only professionally, but also from a personal 
and spiritual matter. And so that's incredible, man. I think uh, I think that's so needed um, in our culture today because uh, there, there's a clear divide between the, the the spiritual and the secular. And I think that's a good way of, of bridging that gap is to just that relationship. And we we see that so many times throughout Scripture. That's what Jesus did, man. He, he pursued those individuals one-on-one uh, through love and care for them and also through uh, a care for where they spend eternity. And uh, it really sounds like that is, that's, that's the philosophy and that's the approach you have as a servant leader at Amazon. And so in close, man, kind of what else do you have to, to give to us or to leave us with um, as we wrap up uh, episode two with, with Kai Jeans? Yeah, I'll tell one more story, and this is from an accountability standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, being a Christian in the workplace has a bunch of benefits, um, you know, because you are different. Like, yeah. And honestly, the best leader in the world is Jesus. So if you lead like Jesus, like, you're going to stand out, and there's going to be some effectiveness there. Um, but there's also, like, you know, I think about the disciples going out in twos, right? right. The more you show that you're a Christian in the workplace— the more Christians are going to come up to you and be like, hey, I'm a Christian. And, you know, uh, I told you the story about my boss uh, that one time, and uh, I'm sure he's going to listen to this. So, <laughs> But I, I love this. And uh, yeah. if you're listening, you know, I tell the story all the time just for this reason. And, uh, you know, I, the HR department comes back, and I thought the issue had been resolved. It wasn't resolved. And they're basically like, hey, you know, like, we got to go through this again. And I'm just, like, irritated. It's right. early in the morning. I'm, like, frustrated. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I kind of lost my top. Not, like, severe or anything. Like, nothing to get in trouble about by any means. But he just looks at me when we're done, and he's like, can you show me the fruits of the Spirit there? Because mm-hmm. I don't see them. And that was honestly just, like, the biggest gut wrench I've had, ever that. had at work. And I didn't even get in trouble, right? But it was, like, the Christian accountability. Mm. I was like, man, yeah, that didn't exemplify Christ. Right. Um, so, like, as you share your faith, like, you almost get you get a good accountability system mm. at work. And it's like, okay, well, I can't act this way because I know, like... You essentially have to be above it. reproach, right? Yeah. Because if you claim to be a Christian, uh, we don't. Christians don't claim to be perfect but we do claim to be perfectly forgiven and so um and we we claim to be perfectly forgiven by our lord and savior jesus Mm -hmm. christ and so that's the image and the the role model that we want to imitate and so when we don't live out the fruit of the spirit there might be some other christians that you know see that and be like hey dude like you're not acting like jesus right now and so that so sounds like work for you has been uh, a tool of sanctification as well. Just just growing through that accountability with one of your supervisors. That's incredible, man. Yeah, man. Um, you're 100% right. And then other than that, I just, I audience, I encourage y'all, like, if you're a Christian, just, just stand on it. And, I mean, make a difference in your community. Like, no matter how small the community is, like, I know I, I have 1,400 associates. If there was 14 associates, I'd be doing the same thing. Dude, even just one associate. Yeah. You know, I think there's so many times we... You know, we hear about the number game, but dude, going back to uh, the prodigal son or the lost coin or the lost sheep, God values the one, and therefore the we should value the one and pursue the one mm-hmm. with love and truth and grace. And so, dude, it's been incredible getting to hear your story today. I hope that 
it has been beneficial and valuable for all of our listeners today. Our podcast is the Marketplace Missionary Podcast. And so, Kai, last question. How do you personally define marketplace and then missionaries? I'm curious about that. The way I define it is just being out in the business world where, you know, they say it's not a mission field. Right. And just showing you're a Christian. Like, that. that is being a missionary, is life on life at the end of the day. Right. Um, and it's like, you know, I don't want to be a full-time ministry. Yeah. But I are vocational ministry. Let me rephrase that. I don't want to be vocational ministry. Yeah. I am in full-time ministry. Absolutely. Every I day I wake that. up, I'm, I'm a full-time ministry. Yeah. doesn't matter if you're at Amazon, Kroger, the marketplace, yep. or putting in gas. Relational evangelism needs to be a lifestyle and not just box, a box we check off here and there. Now, we should be intentional about people at the grocery store, at Amazon, at the gas station, at the gym. I love being a, a missionary at the gym mm-hmm. because it's a mission field. And so I just want to leave us all with that encouragement that uh, relational evangelism is not this box that we can check at work or wherever. It is a lifestyle, and we should, like Kai said, we should walk by the Spirit so that we can bear the fruit of the Spirit and through that build relationships and then given the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the lost and broken world. We, uh, we thank you for listening today, and uh, next week uh, it will be episode three. And uh, thank you guys again for listening, and uh, we hope that you can go and be a marketplace missionary. Yep. Appreciate you, guy. Hey, see you all on Donnie's episode.